What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you. Welcome to Rap Parenting. Sitting across from me, my co-host. Naya Vogue. And I'm making her laugh. <laughs> yes, I am. Hey, uh, we're both super excited about today's show because our good friends at GoGo Squeeze are our sponsor. GoGo Squeeze is the best snack ever. You and I were just talking about it. That I mean, in your household? It is my go-to. It is my go-to like filling in the last little gap in the lunchbox. Yeah. And everyone, the flavors they have, they have 14 flavors and you can get Go-Go Squeeze anywhere and everywhere. But the reason we're talking about Go-Go Squeeze is because Go-Go, Go-Go Squeeze, I love saying Go-Go Squeeze. It's a good, it's a good. Uh, I just yell it out sometimes. Go-Go Squeeze. <laughs> But besides them being the sponsor of today's show, and this is our back to school episode, we talked about it last week. We gave a little kind of, it was like a brief, uh, maybe Reader's Digest version of what we're going to be doing today. But we're going to help our listeners get through what I like to call the chaos of back to school. It's for me, going back to school is no different than uh, if I just think about going to see like when I saw like like seeing the the Ramones for the first time and they just came out on stage and they counted one two three four and then the whole pit started and it was just chaos and I and I lost my friends and we were all just running around in a circle together that's how it is at my house when we start school <laughs> minus the Ramones and minus beer being thrown into the air at Thank 8 a.m but it's just I don't know about you, Anaya, but I know, and I know some of our listeners can share in this, is that it feels like you've had summer, everything's been amazing, and then all of a sudden you drop into school and you've got to get up earlier. Mm-hmm. There's lunches to be made. Let's also put in uh, the fact of scheduling. Scheduling, there's homework. Gonna be, there's going to be homework. Yep. There's going to be uh, reading. There's going to be less screen time. Mm-hmm. There's just going to be basically... An end to, hey, we'll get to that later. Hey, it's summertime. Stay up as late as you want, like we talked about last week. But really, today's show is really about pulling together a plan to, to set our kids up for success. Exactly. And you've said that before so many times with it is about setting up our kids for success and how it can be easier for us to get through that time. Because, like I said, if you don't plan for it before you know it, it's like, wow, we're getting up two, three hours earlier than we have been for the last three months. Mm -hmm. And I have to get you out the front door on time. Oh, hey, throw in the fact we have a carpool. Oh, throw in the fact I got to get to work. Oh, throw in the fact that I got to pick you up after school. Oh, what are we doing for activities after that? So we're going to be diving into all of that today. And like I said, this show is brought to you by our good friends at GoGo Squeeze. They are the sponsor of Rad Parenting. Super psyched to have them uh, a part of the, and this is what I've been saying a lot lately, the rad parenting community. Nice. I, yeah, I love cool? it. I love it. Yeah. And I hope our listeners feel like they're part of it. Yeah, because my friend Jamie Coletta at Side One Dummy Records, where I spend a part of my time when I'm not doing this, she basically kind of came up with the attitude and the idea of, with our record company that that was a community as well. And when I started doing rad parenting and you and I started pulling this all together, I was like, from the emails we get, and from uh, the reviews that we get on the show, it really is mm-hmm. a community, which mm-hmm. gets me super scared because I've never been involved with something I feel that's like as important as this show. Nice. Do you feel that way when you get the emails from people? I, I'm literally blown away every time. I always yeah. think they can't get better than this, and then I will, I'll read another one. We had one I read the other day from Indonesia. Wow. Like, that's just amazing. Yeah. And even like recognition, that particular email really struck me because she was like, we do things a little bit differently here. And, and I, and I, but I can, the value of what you're saying and blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to implement those things. And it's just amazing to me that there's people far and wide that are benefiting from what See, we're doing. See, even when you say that, I get full anxiety attack because I do not want to <laughs> let anyone down. 
But the best thing about the emails that I like is everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so honest. You were so truthful about totally blowing it with your kids. And I was like, all right, I'm that guy on the show. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So as long as I keep blowing it, we'll have tons of episodes of Rad Parenting right. and questions that we can ask Anea. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, school starting. I know for a lot of our listeners, it started this week. Mm-hmm. For some of our listeners, they're maybe a week away. Yep. How do we beat the morning chaos, the chaos of the day, the chaos of just joining school again. Anea, it's yours. It's Go. Me. And you're on. Um, okay. So I think what's really important here, and I want to qualify what I said a moment ago about setting our kids up for success. Um, first of all, I don't just mean like success for this school year or success for their like school career per se. I'm talking about an opportunity to help them develop tools that will actually serve them throughout their lives. So I'm really big with my girls. I've always been like, so, you know, here's my job and school is your job. And I'm trying to get them to think that way in part because I want them to have good tools that they can take into adulthood, which includes, and I'm not the best at this, full, (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, admitting. Full disclosure. Full disclosure that I really want to help my uh, girls create adult lives that have balance, you know, so you want to call it work hard, play hard. You want to call it, um, you know, go time and chill time, whatever. Those things are really, really important to our overall well-being, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And, and so the things that I want to talk about today, cause you can find lots of lists all over the internet or whatever about back to school tips, but I really sort of want us to think in those terms. That's where I'm coming from. And right away, when you mention that the balance, I feel it's so important I know that I've been guilty of this. I know friends of ours, parents, so guilty of it, of just overscheduling. Mm-hmm. And then I see that the balance isn't there, and that's when the breakdown happens. Yep. And you start to become resentful, and you start to get burned out, and you start to, and like when I say resentful, not just like sort of, oh, I feel icky, but like resentful of school or resentful of the activities that are supposed to be fun. And and so this, yeah, so I really want to sort of plant that seed as, so however you take these suggestions that I'm going to make today, of course, as always, make them your own, take what works, leave what doesn't. But I would encourage you to approach these suggestions that I'm going to make today from that place of, you know, I want this to be an opportunity to um, offer tools for my child to ultimately live a balanced life where there is uh, time for work, but also time for play and wellness and all that. And the look that you're, the, the way that you're looking at it, I've never thought of it that way, that this really is part of the bigger picture for our children when they grow up and they are in the workplace or whether they're going to college. Yeah. What you're already saying is when is that if we set them up to win, they can take... Today it's going back to fifth grade or or starting seventh grade and take this, hey, let's have some balance in our lives. Yep. Let's also come up with a plan for you to win yep. uh, ultimately that they will take to starting high school, to exactly. starting college. That is a great way to look exactly. at it. Because the first thing I look at it as a parent is, it's on me. Oh my gosh, this is going to affect my life. Now I have to get up earlier. Now I have to do this. But what you're saying is, no, it's even a bigger picture than that. It can really affect their lives. I yes. love that. Yes. And and in that, having them be uh, steering and participating and driving the ship as much as... So it's, it shouldn't, in my opinion, it should not feel like oh my God, back to school, one more enormous scheduling nightmare for me just to hold as a parent or as a co-parent, but also this is about 
literally giving your, not putting it on your kids, giving your children the opportunity. And that was, that's one of the first things that I want to say, because I think I, what the way I'd like to approach this, because as anybody knows, who's got kids of varying ages, um, the, 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 the tips that you're going to apply in a say kindergarten through fifth or sixth grade context are going to be different than a parent of a kid who's say going into middle school through high school where they have increasing independence. So, but there are a couple of things that I think stretch over both. And so the first thing, and, and this is going to be for some parents like totally new thinking, but is to me, the beginning of the school year, and I've said this before, is actually the real new year. It really is. We This impacts our lives and our scheduling way more than like New Year's Eve and winter break or whatever. Absolutely. Right? And it, it, you, when you mentioned that last week, I, I walked away from the episode with, she's absolutely right. I, I even feel that it's the beginning of the new year in the sense that it's, it's, it is the beginning with them going into a new grade. Uh, even even down to like we got to get new clothes. Yes, I want a new haircut. Exactly, and that feels very new, new, fresh beginning to me. So yeah, I never thought about it that way. And especially though. when they've just had you know summer, say two months or two and a half or three months, where there's a ton of growth going on, like both physical growth and emotional, you know, um, and psychological growth. But also having that break from the way they did it in the previous grade really does give the opportunity between that growth that's actually taken place and the a little lull to go into the next grade saying, this is a fresh start. Um, how do I want this to look? So the opportunity, even if your kid is in like kindergarten or first grade and like using developmentally appropriate language, but really saying, you're the author of this story, this story of your life. And this is your kindergarten chapter. This is your third grade chapter. This is your seventh grade chapter, your 10th grade chapter, whatever. And what do you want, what do you want it to say? How do you want it to look? And it's not that they're expected to have like the whole idea, but think about if you were actually writing a chapter to a book, you might sit down and write an outline about like, here's where I think I want this to go. So who do you want to be this year? What are the things you're drawn to? You can do it completely differently than you did it last year. Know that you are in charge of that. So I think that that's a message that it, there's an opportunity to share with your kids right from the beginning. And Great I, analogy. And I say, have that conversation in the car. Sit down at the dinner table and ask them those questions. Get them to write it down. So that kind of you know goes nicely into some other goal setting that is more appropriate for the older kids that I'll get to in a minute. But the other thing um, that, so let's start with young kids in terms of the, the basics that We're we want to create. We're uh, talking from pre-K up to up fifth, to, sixth say, grade. fifth or sixth grade. Exactly. Great. So um, th this is going to, a lot of these are really based in routine. We've got lots of research that suggests very strongly that children thrive when there is a routine of some sort. It should not be a routine that's absolutely stifling, but it should be a routine that gives them something to count on and something to sort of like hold them. And I don't mean hold them as in, again, stifling them, but hold them in this really lovely way that they have a sense of like, here's what my day-to-day -day looks like. And now that I know that, here's how I can participate in that. So I'm not being like steered by the routine or dominated or controlled by the routine, but it's giving me a container in which I can move uh, and, and know how I can do my best. What yeah. I've learned over the last two years of doing this show, I used to be such... Um, I, and I, it, it sounds silly to say, I was against routine because mm -hmm. it's just who I am. I'm like, I, I don't follow rules. We're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to eat whenever we want. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have dinner sometimes here. We're going to study, you know, just whatever. And then obviously once, once you realize that does not work, what I realized, what, uh, the routine really brought to our, our, our household, because mm -hmm. our routine now has always been, 
And I love this routine. It's, uh, you know, in the morning, Karen and I will get up the earliest. Mm -hmm. And and I've got to share that with everyone listening right now. Beat your kids to getting up. Don't do the like sleep and they get up at six. So then we get up at six. You know, like they're getting up at seven and that's when their day starts up at six with your partner. And for us, it's the coffee. It's it's a time for us to look at each other and go, all right, this is what we've got planned today. Mm-hmm. We have a little recap, little little coffee meeting, little, hey, what's up? Um, then I crank the music. I start Johnny Cash, you know, right around like 7 a.m. So they know like, mm-hmm. okay, it's time, Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, like that, like You're boom. So, good. so then the music starts and then my daughter has to leave first. And then that goes into my son. The breakfast happened. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets off to school. And then the, the thing that you obviously have, and, and we'll get into the scheduling, is the um, activities that are planned after school. Mm-hmm. Now I'll fast forward to the evening. What I love doing now is everyone, for my daughter in high school, there's way more deeper homework. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of all bets are off. And I, I can't really say to her, hey, you got to do it between mm-hmm. this time period. But for my youngest pertaining to what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. He's in that demo that we're talking about. It's getting everything done. Uh, it's, it's allowing play time and like physical energy time. And then before dinner, busting out what he needs to do homework-wise. Mm-hmm. And then we do the dinner. And, and I, I can't stress enough to everyone, if you can make it happen at least once or twice a week, because I know everyone's schedules, dad's coming home at different times, you know, mom, whatever, you, everyone has those different schedules and work schedules. But when you can have that dinner around the table, yes. and then the thing that I love now that I've put into our, um, uh, put into our schedule uh, is whether, I wish it could be all four of us, but it's always uh, my son and I, we go for a walk instead of... And that's replaced game time. That's replaced screen time. Nice. Because he goes for a walk. And what I've realized on these walks, and and I know everyone's like, you can really do that. I I shut up. And I know right now a lot of you are like, how is that possible? But (laughs) we've gotten a few of those emails. Can Joe be quiet? And maybe a Naya talk. You know who you are. Um, (laughs) With that said, what I've realized on these family, on this uh, walk, with my son, or if you put your 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 daughter or whoever in there, you they open up. Yes. And if you just be quiet, that's where you hear. It's like you hear like actually how Kennedy was killed. Like it's just these secrets just start flying yeah. out, like <laughs> contacts with the yes. other world. And I just and it's been such an amazing. Uh, and I I'm, I'm glad I could share that with people. Yes. And, it, and it could be like seriously a ten minute walk, a fifteen yes. minute walk. And it really allows them to just open up, and before you know it, your son or daughter is just telling you everything, and then you know it, and then come home. Yep. And then it really does a wind down before bedtime, and then right to bed. Lovely. And it, that's no, so that's I love it. The routine, but I only learned having a routine like that because of this show. Um, and have you noticed a difference? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm telling everyone right now. Yeah, like for I sure. fought routine my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was adamantly against. I think Karen and I both were. I think we both were like routine to us was like a sign of, I don't know, like just restriction. Restriction. Or, yeah, you yeah, know what it was. Yeah. yeah, I I thought I was hearing restriction, not routine, and what you just said. These are life uh, foundations yeah. to help yourself and your or to help your kid do better. And I and I would argue that actually creating like routine or foundation will actually, if it's if done right, it should allow more freedom. Um, freedom to know how to participate, 
what different ways, time for like these little gems, because otherwise what happens is if you're just like winging it, so for me, I think that that choice to go on that walk is something that ideally would happen every other day. Ideally, if it happen, can happen every day as a yeah. regular thing, and, if your kid wants it, that's brilliant. And, but the thing is, is if you didn't make that part of the routine where it's like a, almost a scheduled thing, it wouldn't happen. It would slip through. And all of a sudden, another school year has passed. Absolutely. And the only thing, and you and I always talk about this, if you're listening right now and you're like, I wish I could take a walk. I work at night. I, it's so important to know that th- this, we get it. You know, I, I work at night. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm in nightclubs. Yeah. You know, that's what I do. But I'd be lying to you if I told you it was every night that we were doing this. Right. Sometimes it's only twice a week. And Sometimes it's once a week. And you can get in. The, but the key exactly. is regularity and, and showing, because think about all the messages in there um, in terms of you telling your child that they matter enough. What's going on in their day matters enough for you to take that time for just the two of you to go for a little walk, um, which has, of course, all kinds of benefits. But it's it's just, it sends a really important message. Absolutely. Okay. So, so can we, let's jump back into, yes. we've talked about routine. So, We're still in the age bracket of that uh, pre-K to about seventh grade, sixth grade. Yeah. And I will say, based on what you just said, first step always, get together with your you know partner or co-parent, whether you're in the same house or not, and and have this conversation first. What kind of routine do we want to create for our children you know, for this school year. For the school year. So that you're on the same page, ideally. And um, and then once you've made those decisions as sort of the captains of the ship, then you, you know, br- bring it on in. And, and I'm going to say this, it's really, really important that even a kindergarten kid um, can participate in creating like decision-making around this routine. So always giving choices. It doesn't mean a kindergartner is probably not going to be able to handle a wide open, so what do you want this year to look like? But it could be something like, um, you know, whether it's around, you know, lunches or um, what kind of activities do you want to do this year? Those things are all really important parts of, of, of turning on their brain and showing them that their voice and the ability to have those decision-making muscles activated are really important. Hey, we're going to hear from our sponsor really quick. We're talking about getting back to school, getting in the flow of things, uh, and basically beating that morning chaos and the chaos that can be attached to a new school year beginning. This is our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. Rad Parenting, we are back with our special edition of Back to School, sponsored by our really, really cool sponsor that has tasty, tasty treats that you squeeze into your mouth called Go-Go Squeeze. They have 14 flavors. All I got to say is this, it's 100% fruit. Anea, they're a go-to in your house. Absolutely. They are just such an easy, like, oh my gosh, the fruit isn't isn't ripe enough or blah, blah, blah. I didn't get to the store. Go-Go Squeeze, I know I'm going to be able to pop it into her lunch and know that she's got a nutritious snack. And and can I ask you, do you think she ever trades the Go-Go Squeeze for another track? For another tra- flavor? For another track, for another flavor. She or- laments the fact that at her school, she's not allowed to. Ah, okay. Yes. So no one's going to no one's gonna pinch the go-go squeeze from your daughter. I just have to have like every f- flavor in my cupboard so that she doesn't There's have to try to get it somewhere else. Yeah. 
they're not all in there at once, I can tell you that. But I'm really happy they exist. Well, we are glad to welcome GoGo Squeeze to the Rad Parenting community. And we will continue with our back to school episode right now. Where we left off, we are talking about uh, encouraging the routine. I spoke about how I was always like, against routine because I thought it was restriction. We touched on that. Um, I also let everyone know my uh, schedule that we do here to kind of share with everyone. Uh, now you're talking about what I love is actually getting, having the question with your child, hey, what do you want this year to look like? And you're saying that can start as early as pre-K? As er- absolutely. And and it's going to just be, you know, when, when they're that young, it's probably going to be presenting them with the options that you and your partner have talked about. So whether that's like, okay, so for extracurriculars, you can do soccer or you can do dance or you can do, you know, whatever. And usually there's going to be, you know, two or three, but let them be involved in that decision. And even if it's just, well, I think I want to do this and then maybe I could, whatever... Whatever they come back with, you are helping to activate those decision-making muscles, which is really, really important. So giving them a hand, they're also going to be more invested in the routine if they feel like they've had a hand in co-creating it, okay? So so routine in a general sense, really important. Decisions about extracurriculars, um, b- morning and bedtime routine, really important. And I would encourage you, because down the road, I'm going to say for especially for parents who've got kids that are like uh, third, fourth, fifth grade... In my opinion, they should be starting to participate in making their lunches so that by the time they're in middle and high school, they are making their own lunches and not like random, like I'm going to put in every, you know, sugary thing in the thing, part of the co, uh, you know, co, um, assisting the, uh, lunch making when they're younger will help to establish like, this is what a good balanced nutrition, nutritional lunch looks like. Yeah. And also when you're at the store, I've realized when we're actually buying the food, that's when the questions ask hey, what kind of lunch do you want to have? And obviously it's always, I'm going to put this in there. And I'm like, you can't have the full bag of corn chips from Trader Joe's or wherever we are. But what what I've realized is the idea of like, oh, okay, I am going to make some sort of healthy choices here. But it's funny, if I allow my son to have the opportunity to make those choices, he generally will make the choice in the right direction and takes pride in putting together his lunch, throwing it in his backpack. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that can even happen. Like you, you mentioned in terms of the grocery shopping, like getting them involved there and stopping and I mean, what a great opportunity to teach them how to read a nutrition label. Teachable moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got routine. We've got morning and bedtime, establishing what that's going to look like. We've got lunches, participating or helping in some way is ideal. Um, and then the next thing is, uh, making decisions around, uh, screen time. And so, so let's start with that. Right now, every parent's side. Yes. So really- <laughs> That could be a whole episode. And we, and we are absolutely, we've touched on this before, yeah. and we are going to do a full episode uh, dedicated to some of the research that's coming out about screen time and how to make you know, informed decisions. And I know parent. we have some friends listening right now that, and uh, their name escapes me, but they've written a few books mm-hmm. and they actually have a- I believe a podcast and a site dedicated to screen time, the effects, the amount of yeah. time you should, and we are going to try to get them on the show with us so it can really give another That'll insight to this question. Yeah. How much, how little screen time? So whatever you and your partner have decided is going to be reasonable screen time. If you're going to say, let's just say that it's an hour, an hour of screen time, assuming that your kid get, gets home, you know, between, uh, if they have an after school thing, they're probably not home until like four or five. And then if they're in bed by eight, um, and on that note, it, the internet is at your fingertips. 
Do a quick search about what is the amount of sleep that your child needs and figure out what, like there's, there's, that's, that's the information you need to set that bedtime, morning time, uh, you know, thing. Um, but the internet is at your fingertips. Um, use it when you, when you need to. And, um, I completely lost my train of thought before. What, what was I saying before that, Joe? No, what you're saying, basically what you're saying was, is with the screen time and setting up when you, when you get back, uh, into, the flow of things is exactly. that the evening has rolled around and it's that time of like, hey, we just got back from karate. We had dinner. Okay, you want a little bit of screen time? Yes. We still need to go. We need we need to get we're gonna get some screen time in there, but also uh, we're going to have to still, if there's homework to be done, yep. where and how is that getting done? Yep. And then also the wind down to getting someone into bed at the right amount of time. And also what you said was look up the hours of sleep that your child needs because that is so important. Thank you mentioned you that last tracing week. tracing that back for me, Joe. Okay, yeah. so, I didn't give you your coffee when you came in. I, I think that's what just happened right so there. On that, so on that note, so in terms of the screen time, what I will say now, and note, knowing that we're going to do a bigger show on this, is... Um, within the amount of time that your, your child has from the time he or she gets home to the time that they've got to go to bed. Um, if you say it's an hour, A, give them the opportunity to decide if they want that all-in-one session or they want to do two 30-minute sessions or whatever. Um, I would also strongly, strongly encourage you that to set a routine where homework must be done before screen time happens. There may be this like inclination or they'll be asking for, can I just have screen time first and a little bit of screen time and then I'll do my homework? No, they'll be more motivated to sit and be focused with their homework. And that's not to say I'm saying the minute they walk in the door, they should sit down and do their homework, but establish a regular place they're going to do homework where you are easily accessible to support them. So important. And a uh, and, and I would encourage, although it's your rule to make, that you make screen time after any homework or other obligations are required. Or Can I add one thing too? Yeah. Um, uh, if you've listened to the show, you know how my dad is super, super smart man, involved in education his entire life. And he started out as an English teacher and then went on to have this amazing career in academics. And one thing I always remember him telling me from the time I was a little kid all the way through high school was wherever I did my homework, he said, set it up correctly. And what he meant was, no, that's not doing homework on the couch with the book on your lap and and the TV on in the background, mm-hmm. or sitting, uh, you know, with the music blaring and and you know laying on your bed. And and it was something that really stuck with me because even at that age, I remember, okay, and I would sit down, and he goes, sit at your desk. You mm-hmm. gotta have nice lighting, you know, and uh, have the room set up for you to you know be yep. able to work in it in a way. And it really, it really. It really made a difference with, you know, and I did terrible in school, so I would have even done worse if I don't think I would have had that yeah. set up. And I've applied that to both my son and daughter and because they'll be like, oh, we're going to study this way. We're going to study. Like, oh, come on. Get a desk. Boom. Sit yeah. in there. I really feel that that's important. And also, like you just said, setting up that that area in the house that's going to be dedicated to that. Yeah. And, and ideally somewhere that you, like you said, quiet, where they can focus. And part of what will help them embrace that plan is to say, I promise you, based on my own experience, having a specific time and place, sort of ideal environment for you to get it done will allow you to get it done that much more quickly. 
um, that much more effectively in terms of the the, the product that you're you're that is going to be at the end of it, um, and that means you get to do these uh, this other stuff sooner than later, and so that will love help that. to motivate love that, them. Love that, love that, love that. So okay, so that's establishing establishing a place for homework, um, screen time, and then um, the other thing. So now I'm going to say in terms of your role as a parent and and the kid your child actually going to school, with younger kids it is. I'm not going to say imperative because there are there are, some of us cannot, you know, we don't have a ton of time. Here's the bare minimum: make a point of meeting your child's teacher, which most schools have, like a back to back to school night or something like that. That's going to provide that opportunity anyway. But you want to know who is spending a significant amount of time with your child. You want to be on their radar. You want to be in communication with them. And I would also encourage you that if you, even if you can only do it once, so I'm not saying make a commitment to be in your kid's you know, classroom once a week, even if you can volunteer for something once where you get a sense of what, this is the environment that my child is in every day, five days a week for six to eight hours a day. Um, and these are the, the children that he or she is interacting with. This is the, the, and what the, what's on the walls, what he or she is looking at while they're sitting there staring into space, you know, tuning out their teacher. You want to know those things that when you ultimately, here's the next thing, have regular family dinners as much as possible. And you ask them about their day. You have faces to put to those names. You have a sense of, you know, what, what's going on. And by having met the teacher and established some sort of correspondence or email or whatever, you also have a line of communication so that if you ever hear something from your child where you're like, huh, something doesn't sound right there. I'm either not getting the whole story or something sounds concerning there. You can immediately be engaged with the parent or with the teacher. And let me tell you, as a former teacher, although granted it would be too much for a teacher to have every parent like, you know, blowing up their, their inbox, most uh, teachers really like the involvement of parents in the sense that like, I'm not doing this on my own. We are actually, you know, it's like sort of the, it takes a village. Right, so so the the teacher actually knowing that you're in tune and you're in touch is going to be um, generally viewed as as a benefit rather than a, a a drag. And you being a teacher, I'm sure that wouldn't the teacher love to put a face to the parent of the child? Yes, yes, for better or for worse. Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sometimes you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yes, no, please, I, I really encourage you to to do that. So meet your teacher, get to uh, meet the, your kids, your kid's teacher, get to know the environment here. She is going to be in both in terms of the classroom and the school in general. Um, volunteer whenever you can, so you have sort of a, the, a real inside scoop. And then the other thing I'm going to say, if, even for younger kids, is once you've got all of these things in place, like the routine the schedule, whatever, put it on the fridge. Put it somewhere they can see it. So basically everything that we've just spoke about today in this episode, yeah. you're saying basically almost have a calendar and a game plan that's up there for that's everyone right. to check out. Exactly. Vi and so they can literally visually yes. see what's happening. Here's what day it is. Here's what here's what activities I've got. Um, you know, Here's how close we are to the weekend, which I'm going to say okay, so in the summer, we kind of could be willy-nilly. Maybe you had a couple of weeks off work and you really had a lot of quality time with your kid. Well, now that's not the case. And so all of a sudden, weekends become really important. And this is especially for this younger group. And you know what? When you have it on a calendar, because Karen, my wife, huge... Uh, she loves the she loves having the calendar. Mm -hmm. She has like the old school calendar that you go to Staples. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we used to do it on our phone, and she's like, no one can see that. Yes, you know? even the shared do a shared family calendar if your if your kids are no all one, on phones. No one, but, but in our household, it's old school in the sense that they need.
opportunity to see this mm-hmm. huge calendar hung up on a wall. And what I realize is that when we have that calendar up there with all their activities, the weekends, like you said, become so much more important. And yeah. also there's there's a there's a sense of let's not overbook ourselves on the weekend. Whereas if you don't see that calendar, you know it, and I know it. you just start saying, "Oh yeah, sleepover yeah. on Friday, yeah, done. Oh, sleepover yeah. Saturday." Before you know it, you look at you, you go, "Wait a minute, these people, everybody's been doing something for seven. We haven't yes. seen each other in yes. fourteen days. That so, can happen so quick." So what I'm going to say about the weekend, and you can do it like you know whatever you want on Saturday, whatever you want on Sunday. I would suggest that one of the days become dedicated to you know activities or things that you know if you need to you know whatever you're uh, the other things that can't fit into the school week, including extracurriculars. Or, or play dates or whatever, have those be on one day. So if it's on Saturdays or Sundays, and then the other day, if you can make it a family day, yeah. whatever that means for you, let me tell you that having that dedicated time, having it be part of a routine so your kids can count on it happening is going to make such a difference in terms of them having that foundation and feeling like they're part of this, this team, this family unit. And for the parents to have teenagers, you're going to know. And I know right now when Anaya <laughs> said that, you're like, oh my gosh, the pushback that I've received from like, we're going to have a family day. We're going to have a family day. I'll share this. When the kids were younger, we definitely have always had one day out of the weekend and it would go back and forth. Sometimes it would be Saturday. Sometimes it would be Sunday. It would be back and forth. But one of the, one of the things that I realized was even though they pushed back on it and would argue about it as they went into their teens, uh, they still counted on it. And it was always, and what I was cool with, uh, because you know, things will change as your kids get older, uh, especially with the, during the school year. There's study groups that meet on Sunday night at five o'clock. I would just move the family time around. Like sometimes it was like, hey, I know you're bummed out, but we're all going to breakfast together. Yeah. Hey, I know you're bummed out, but you know what? You don't have to be there till seven. So I'm making pasta now and we're hanging from two to five. Nice. And they would, you know, even when, you know, sometimes they'd, there'd be pushback, they still, while we're sitting there, it would be like, all right, I get it. This is cool. And I really, really have to say this to, to the parents because like I said, everyone's working. We're all trying to make a living that if it just comes down to, hey, I ordered pizza. We're all sitting around yeah. eating this together. Make it that, intentional. Make it go. deliberate. Make it routine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be some epic meal that you worked on you know, all weekend. And it's Because it never turns out perfect. I'll tell you that right now. I've spent so many times making amazing sauces. People sit down for 10 minutes and then they leave. And I, and I would be like, ah. But what I realized <laughs> is they were hanging around with me the whole time in the kitchen while I was making the pasta. Yes. So it's it's that Thanksgiving thing. You know, you, Here's the food, everybody. They eat and they split. With that said, don't, don't even worry about making it epic because at the end of the day, you just get something everyone digs. You sit around the table. And even sometimes those dinners only last 30 or 40 minutes, but it's 30 or 40 minutes that you're all there yep. with each other. And, and, and I can't, checking in, yeah. checking in with each other. And again, the, the key thing I'm going to say is it's important that your child knows that they can count on those things. Totally. And right? they will tell you, and I'll tell you this, they will say, they'll fight it like, oh, I don't want to have that dinner. That's such a bum out. But the first, if they, if you do it and you get it regular two, three times, about by the third or fourth time, if all of a sudden they don't see that you're doing that, they get bummed. Yes. I, thought, I thought we were doing dinner. And yes. you're like, well, you, you, you know, we're arguing about, oh, I know, but I said I didn't like it, but I still want it, you yeah. know? And you're like, okay. Yeah. Because that's, they're right there. Lies from the very beginning of what we said, routine. Yes.
exactly. There you go. Okay, so let's. That's a nice transition into the the older groups. So yeah, let's, let's just, do that. Let's do the like sixth or seventh grade. I'm. A, I've probably said this before, but I'm really an advocate for keeping sixth graders in elementary school. I don't really think that they're ready for middle school, but you know, you have to deal with what you what you've got. So let's say. Um, between sixth and twelfth grade, or seventh and twelfth grade, if your kid isn't going into middle school until um, seventh grade. So um, here's where uh, it's so all of those things, you know, more or less apply, and hopefully you've been doing them for a minute. But as at, by the time they're going into middle school, this is a real opportunity for you know the same thing. You are the author of your own story. All of a sudden, those things are going to become even more important because we know in your in our adolescent years, we are all about the I and becoming our own individual and wanting to steer the ship more, right? So, so here's an opportunity to sit down with your kid and be like, "Okay, for real, what do you want your year, your, your year to look like? Let's really set down, like, let's set some intentions. This is a great opportunity to teach them goal setting skills if you haven't done yet. So, let's talk about three things that you want to accomplish in your seventh grade year or your eighth or your tenth or your twelfth grade year, whatever." Um, and it's really probably the, the, those questions are going to happen more in the middle school years. By the time they get to high school, they're going to have this in their own toolkit and they're going to do it automatically. Need to set my goals for, you know, for my junior year. Need to set my goals for my freshman, my freshman year, whatever. So that's, that's the first thing. Then um, by this time, they should absolutely be making their own lunch. Parents, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm usually not this directive, but honestly, it's like we are doing our children no favors You're right. by not requiring them to do things for themselves. As far as I'm concerned, they should also be doing their laundry. But a lot of people are like, really? That seems like a bit much and I, whatever. At least please have them do their lunches and and hopefully um, it's not it's not brand new and they have some sense of like taking a reasonably nutritious lunch. Okay. Um, then in terms of the scheduling, they should absolutely be participating in that. And it's probably at this time that Somebody needs to be the voice of reason and really be driving home that idea of balance. I'm hyper critical of the way that we are rolling these days in overscheduling our children and overemphasis on like, you need to have straight A's or you're not going to get into Harvard. And if you don't get into Harvard, your life is over. Like, stop, please stop. Listen to your kids, figure out who they are trying to figure out they want to be and, and leave space. Like it's really important in their teen years to actually have complete downtime where they are just figuring out who the heck they are. And if all they're doing is go, go, go between school and an abundance of extracurriculars, there is no time for them to be doing any self-reflection, which is so critical at this developmental time. Absolutely. And I've said it a million times on the show. I, I see it happen firsthand all the time because I have a teenager that said a very, you know, it's a, it's a college prep school. And I mm -hmm. see these kids with these looks on their faces that they're, they're I'm like, wow, you, it's high school. You're, yes. you know, I get it. It's tough. There's a lot of But you're uh, not changes. the CEO of a company. Absolutely. Yes. And the, and the, and the thing, and I know right now, uh, people that, that, that are worried about the college and the school and all of that. We, there's so many kids that, High school is a blur for them. They're in mm -hmm. college and they get out, and then they're sitting in that same bedroom, going, "I don't even know who I am." Yes, I mean that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not making that up. That's a true. That's actually happening. Yeah. People. Okay, I got this degree, but that's not who I am. That's I don't even right. know who I am. And then you're like, "Oh, cool." So now we just blew through 
you're, you know, eight years of four years of high school, four years of college, and now you're sitting back in the same bedroom, and we were stressed the whole entire time. Yes, so, and so I can't is, agree with that more. So, so with with your partner, really, really good question that you know, hopefully, we're asking throughout the years that we're parenting, but definitely as our kids are moving into their adolescent years, where they're really trying to like figure out who they are, sit and talk with your partner, or think for yourself, what what do I mean when I say. I want my child to be successful. What does, how do we define success? And then you know what? Take that question to your child. What would success, what would, what would a successful seventh grade year or ninth grade year look like for you? And I'm, and I'm shaking my head because we've had that. We had a show a while ago before, uh, you have your, uh, your kids sit down with your partner and talk about all of the things that you're going to bring to the table that are important to you for raising this child, uh, all the way from, uh, you know, religion to, uh, to schooling. And, 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 and I can't stress enough. I see division so many times with parents where one, one parent is, if it's not a pluses and, and a 4.4, that's, that's the deal now. Yeah, it's not even 4.0 anymore. You get a 4.0, there's kids that are like, that's lame. I gotta yeah. be a 4.2. Yep. And, and there's parents and I, and I respect those parents that are like, no, that's where we're going. And then there's another parent in the same household. that's like, wait a minute. If, if, what are we putting on our yeah. child's head? And so, I mean, you're, and your your family is a classic example of this. Also, you could have like your kids, who your kids are as individuals, and you could have two kids in your home that are very different. So totally. where you have your daughter who's like, I want to go to a college prep school because this is what drives me and this is what's important to me. And you rose to the occasion and you're oh, sp- yeah. spending a million dollars on her school. <laughs> and 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 where your son has a completely different yeah. personality and agenda and set of strengths that are going to be nurtured with a different set of circumstances. It's not going to be college prep for him. It's going to be something else that that helps him to be his best self. And the only and way that we... Really important. And, and the way that we got there, just really quick to touch on, was it wasn't like, oh, hey, you figure it out. You do whatever you want. It was we created opportunities for both of them to go out there yeah. and, and figure out and also as a parent, kind of step back and go, okay, this is working for her. This isn't working for him. Oh, this is working for him. This isn't working for her. And then right around seventh grade was where both children said, uh, hey, I feel I work better in this atmosphere. Yes. We were like, okay, we figured that out. And yep. then also like with my daughter, she was like, I remember the day when she said, I want to be tested. I go, well, that's going to be competition between other students. I want competition. I yes. was like, all right, here you go. Exactly. I mean, we were in this school. She was in a school where it was like, no grades, totally no homework. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. we don't need, I don't even know if they were going to school. It was like, yeah, hey, I don't know what we're doing. And, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then she was like, I'm not feeling that. I want you. She used to wear a uniform. I remember her in sixth grade, she was wearing a uniform and people were like, why and are it you wasn't wearing? a uniform. Yeah, School, it was, yeah, it yep. wasn't uniform school because that's what she wanted. Yes. So with that said, super, super important for both uh, parents to sit down, sit down with your partner and go, hey, with school, uh, not only are we going to talk about the school year, but let's open up the uh, conversation of how do we both feel that we want this to play out for yeah. them? Because once you start having those conversations, people people have, well, I, you know, I I was always doing you know six seven hours of homework a day, and and maybe the other maybe your partner's like, I don't want that. I don't want yes. that for my son and or daughter. Most importantly. Look at your children and see what they're asking for. See what they're telling you they need, right? Yeah. Okay, so before we, you know, just to sort Man, of like start episode. bringing bringing this home, bring it home. Um, this is absolutely the time to um, discuss chores, being part of a team, 
Are they going to have a raised allowance? What is it? What are going to be the perks of being another grade ahead in terms of we touched on that last week? So establish that. And then the last thing I'm going to say, which I think I just touched on a couple minutes ago, is is this is a tremendous opportunity to really give them tools for setting and achieving goals. So like I mentioned, it could be as simple as what are three things that you want to achieve? Let's sit down and make an action plan. Let's figure out how we're going to get get you there, and then have check-ins once a month, once a quarter, whatever whatever you need to do. What a tremendous set of tools or, or goal setting tools to send them out into the world. You want your ch- your child to be successful, which to me I define as being their best, truest, fullest self. That is that is my definition of successful. One of the the best ways that you can give them the tools that they can take into their adult life is to help them sit and first ask themselves, what do I want to accomplish this this school year? And then how how do how do I think I'm going to accomplish that? How I'm going to measure it? And then help them throughout the year with check-ins. Your there's nobody that is going to be more invested in their in their well-being and their success than you as their parent. And uh, what a tremendous um, opportunity for them to um, to learn skills that are going to serve them on the day-to-day and in their future. And they a great episode. Loved all the steps. Loved everything that you brought together for going back to school. Uh, one thing that you touched on at the very, very beginning of the episode that I that I am walking away from is not only are you going to be helping yourself and and your partner by pulling together a plan of how to go back to school, but also it really sets up your son or daughter to win, not only this year in school, but with setting up a foundation for a lifetime of being able whenever something new starts, whether it's going to college, whether it's starting a new job, whether any of that, there's this new beginning, a new opportunity for success. I love that. Fired up on this side. It's good. It's a, it's a very, and you could, re, you could just listen to this episode at the beginning of every school year. Just come back to it. <laughs> we'll just come back to it. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, really quick, a little bit of business. Anea is going to be up in Los Altos. That's in Northern California. And I know that we've got listeners up there. It's going to be going on September 12th. Anea will be in Los Altos. Uh, at a speaking, uh, Los Altos High School. Los speaking Altos. Speaking on sexual assault prevention and affirmative consent. And if you would like to go and find out when that is, all you have to go is go to Anea Bogue. Dot com and all the information for uh, checking out that event is there. And then I will be telling the jokes. That's right. I'm coming up to Seattle at the Jewel Box Theater, September 21st. This is a super, super cool theater. It's super small. It holds like, I think like 60 people. If you want to get tickets, you can go to joesib.com brownpapertickets.com and get your tickets there. And then the next night, I am in wonderful Portland at the Hawthorne Lounge. And I know we've got a ton of listeners up there in Portland because I see your emails. I get uh, all of the, imp- I get the, the requests for so many questions from the people that listen to the show in Portland. I'll be at the Hawthorne Lounge September 22nd. And you can go to mikethrasherpresents.com to get your tickets for that show. Super psyched to come up to the Northwest. All right, that's it. Uh, My name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bogue. We're out of here. Late. Late.